0: Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, will be denied a second term.
1: There's time now. There's all the time I need and all the time I want. There's time enough at last.
2: CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president
1: of the United States. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. There was time now.
2: There was was all the time I needed. That's not fair. (laughs) That's
1: not fair. (laughs) Once you change
2: Hello, welcome to Everyone Sucks Here. Hello. I'm your host, Brian. I'm Jerome. And we are here with MJ Doe.
0: Hi.
1: Hello. They
2: are a DSA organizer and a Twitter vigilante and a baker and a whole bunch of other cool
1: things. I've been getting in and nailed it recently. Okay. I don't, I don't cook or I don't bake at all. And that show gives me the potential to be like, if they can do it, then I probably can. But that's probably what got them on the show in the first place, is that
0: idea. <laughs> is that is that like unwarranted confidence (laughs) absolutely yeah
1: well now that i know that you you mix your dry ingredients separate you mix your wet ingredients separate and then you combine them or else that's going to fuck stuff up Mm -hmm. uh also when you're working with a cake you don't want to fill the pans too high and then you want to grease the pans and like pan is cool but butter's better and like you know like Mm -hmm. i'm just learning all these little things that i'll never apply to life absorb so much yeah you've got
0: you really got it (laughs) Do do you still bake Um, at home. Yeah? Yeah.
2: Where were you working as a baker?
0: Baking was kind of the final stage of my, like, kitchen career. I was a vegan cook for a really, really long time, and then I started working at Kyber Coffee in Polish Hill, and I was baking there, and then when I needed health insurance. (laughs) I transitioned into the the wide and boring world of tapping on a computer all day.
2: Oh, no. Can you say four?
0: No. All right. All secrets. I I work work support. Yeah. Yeah. I work for the Culinary (laughs) Institutes of America.
1: That's
2: right. Cool. Well, so this last episode we did was leading up to the election, which happened. took like a week, I think. Oh, it feels like it? longer. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if it's over. Honestly, um, I've
1: forgotten about the entire thing.
2: Yeah, it's... Yeah. We're <laughs> in a brand new America, though. And it's a, a, a new day. It's a <laughs> we, brand new we, day. We're going to yeah.
0: build back better, baby. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. we can all go back to brunch. All of the problems that were plaguing this country for decades have been solved. Yeah, Joe Biden is president.
1: For, yeah, except for all I've been hearing is that like we're about to go into another lockdown, though. So, like... Are we about to go back to some sort of normal?
2: Uh, I mean, lockdowns are normal, Jerome. I don't know what you're talking about. All, yeah. the, all this death and destruction is just part
1: of our everyday experience. It is the new
2: normal. Yeah, what's What's oh, unusual God. about it? But what is important is that we have our first Irish president. This is true. <laughs> I don't even
0: think that's, that's true. That's not true, actually. <laughs> Kennedy is Kennedy. Yeah. He's Catholic, right. though. My parents were very excited about the fact that there was another Catholic president.
2: Yeah, yeah. No Italian presidents, though. I just want to point that out.
0: Yeah, there's, mm. that's a reason. There's a reason for that. Oh, wow.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> okay, so. Uh, my you... in laws will not be listening to this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, my Italian grandparents have passed, so they don't care either. Unless that afterlife stuff is true, and then which case they're probably working on a curse right now. <laughs> did you watch the election? No. Yeah.
0: My polling place is very small and it's across the street from my house. So I knew I was going to vote in person. So I went at 9 a.m. I took the entirety of election week off. Yeah. I went to vote in person at like 9am and then I came home, I put on soft pants and for the next four days I watched Gilmore Girls on the couch <laughs> and did literally nothing else. I did not look at my phone, I didn't watch the news, I was just like, I don't want to be involved
2: Wow. I mean, I couldn't even last that long. Like, I didn't watch the election, like, actively unfold, but I checked Twitter, like, around 2 a.m., <sighs> and I, I was just like, I just saw it unfolding already, and I was like, sweet. The Chinese century is going to be awesome. Like, I can't wait to yeah. <laughs> just it. I
0: just, like, I felt, like, so exhausted. I feel like everybody just felt so fucking tired. Yeah. It well, felt like going through a crazy breakup, except that you were just getting into another really horrible relationship sure ahead.
1: yeah I know, I know yeah. felt the stress <laughs> and all I wanted was just to be on the other that's I'm noticing that's what it is with everything I, I, I'll accept that there is going to be stress leading up to something but goddamn damn am I just just get me to the other side of it mm-hmm. I don't care what happens until then like just let's just fucking go like whatever takes get the fucking voting gun because I just want it to be over with yeah. and like weight that's been lifted off, like I said, like whatever. I I represent the, the portion of America that's just like we did it. Let's all go back. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> Jerome wants to stop working
2: so bad. Oh my god, you have no fucking idea. I keep have to just poke him. I'm like, no, not, not, not yet. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, like, there's compounding levels of exhaustion to being a- alive period (laughs) during the end of the world but there's also compounding levels of exhaustion based on like your socioeconomic status your like race your class your gender like all these things and the last like uh, month two months of the election it just felt like somebody was just like piling weighted blankets on top of weighted (laughs) blankets and it's like Yeah, I know. I needed a fucking break too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm working on wrapping up a project right now for DSA, and once it's done, I'm trying to take like a month off. Yeah, go back to the like back of the line. Yeah, right. just like stick my head like right down into the sand like like mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. email, a little pretend R&R. it's over.
2: Yeah. Did you get through your polling place like no problem? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. Uh, the only uh, lines I heard about in Pittsburgh were in like areas where there's like a large student population. Mm-hmm. That was about it. That makes sense. Yeah. I was in and out. Uh, and early down voting downtown. Yeah. Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Early voting
1: downtown. I I somebody had asked because everybody was like check your ballot status to see if it's been counted or whatever. I checked and saw that they received mine i never got a follow-up or anything that said it had been counted or anything like that like are you supposed to get a follow-up i have no idea i
0: don't know i think it was online i don't know it was a whole mess like my roommate is currently in new york because he's moving back there so he had to like go look at an apartment he requested his ballot after the primary like ages and ages ago and he never got it, so okay. he had to request no. another one. We had to overnight it to him. Jeez. He overnighted it back, Jeez. and then like like overnighted it to the like the elections board or this whatever. This
1: election has cost him money. Yeah, yeah so how, how much like, did it cost him to vote? Like,
0: on, yeah, <laughs> no, it cost fast? it cost like in total like fifteen dollars. <laughs> it's a poll tax. Yeah, it is. It's call poll tax.
2: Seriously, I mean, I know that this election season felt especially long just because of the sheer level of like panic. Involved around all things. And even after the election was called, the panic didn't subside because now we're into the next scary thing that Trump's doing, which is his takeover of the United States government. A Trump coup, if you will. Like obviously this is not a real thing that's happening. I don't think it's a real thing that's happening.
1: Do you feel any kind of way about it? You're, you you no, have no, to no. first explain it. <laughs> yeah. feel a kind he doesn't of way. even know what's going on. So I, I don't.
2: <laughs> but I mean, according to, you know, some circles of liberal Twitter and the, the media, Trump is not taking this loss well. Duh. It's a big surprise right, there. Yeah, of right? Liberal media has gotten back to this business of sort of like reading the tea leaves and like everything that he does. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is a fascist takeover. It's coming any minute now. You see how he did this? This one person in the Pentagon got shifted around and like blah 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 and none of the republican majority like leaders are they're all saying these weird things and all that kind of stuff and just you know overlooking a lot of like what i would consider maybe like occam's razors answer for those questions but i mean what have you what have you been feeling about this uh, this baby coup from Donnie Deals
0: I truly have no idea why they shuffled all these fucking hideous interchangeable ghouls around the yeah. Pentagon like I don't know why they did that but it seems like fairly obvious that the Republican establishment has dropped Trump like a fucking nasty penny. So yeah. like, I don't really know what the like media thinks is happening. Cause it's fairly obvious the powers that be read the tea leaves and were like, great. Okay. We'll just steal the next one. Yeah. Like they're not going to like expend all of their political capital on Donald Trump.
2: No. And like the, the, uh, the capital interests that really run this country are not friendly to Trump at all. And so like, it, yeah, the thing at the Pentagon with Esper, I've heard a lot. It, Mark Esper was the uh, acting secretary of defense. He was fired via tweet as is Trump's style. And a lot of people are interpreting that as like this shift for like a power grab because he, he you know put in some Trump loyalists to that position. But Esper was fired for a lot of reasons. One, he didn't want to bring in the military to deal with uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters over the summer, which like rubbed them the wrong way. Two, he doesn't think we should be withdrawing from Afghanistan, which for some reason is like the one thing that Trump wants to like really rush out of is like getting troops out of there. And then the other reason, which is probably the simplest one, is that he's just doing a favor to his, his cronies and like giving them a bit of like resume padding, basically. So for their next cycle through, in some sort of like staff position or like Republican administration in the future, they can be like, oh yeah, you know, I held the defense secretary position or like defense secretary policymaker position at the Pentagon
1: Yeah, for well, two months. I, yeah, I remember you, you mentioned this when we were chatting the other day or whatever, but to me it feels like anybody who's looking at people coming out of a job like that recently I'd be like, yeah, but when did you work? Oh, you did this under Trump? Gotcha, yeah. cool. Anyways, next application, like... If I know that you only got your job because your boy gave it to you and your boy's a piece of shit, then yeah. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm cool on that. But
2: there's a whole cottage industry for these, like, pieces of shit to keep moving through. Like, he'll probably he'll probably end up at a think tank after this administration goes out. Like, mm. he'll he's going to go to some conservative think tank. He's going to be like, I was defense sec for, like, two months in the Trump administration. This is my qualifications. Like, give me a job. And all this shit with, like, you know, Pompeo, like, all these, like, career Republicans, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to look into the voter fraud, all that kind of shit. It's just this this idea like Trump is a Republican brand, and they can't deviate from him yet. Because if they do, they're gonna alienate themselves from the Republican voting base. Yeah. That's my dog. <laughs> just ruining, ruining everything.
1: Uh, really punctuating a good moment, anyway. Yeah yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harley, shut up! <laughs>
0: Damn. <laughs> Whenever like all of the media like the channels like switched away from Trump's speech, I think that was the moment at which it was just like, Okay, yeah, we're done now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've lost our but also like, you know, you think about like what are the like material interests of the ruling class? Okay, well, they've already gotten all of their judges, they've already gotten their giant tax cut. If they win in Georgia, which I think is like pretty much what they're focused on right yeah. now, they have a stranglehold on the budget and the levers of power for the next four years. So, like, they just need to wait for the next, like, dumbass fucking Republican celebrity who will let them continue to fill the courts with blue-suited clones out of the basement of the Federalist Society. Yeah, it's a
2: bunch of Joe Johnsons and... Jack John- Johnson's one. Jack Johnson. Yeah, we're, Jack we're, Johnson we're, and his yeah,
0: acoustic yeah, guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Trolling down. Like, yeah. Just record of New York.
2: Every every random, like, mold-made white guy that you can imagine just filling the halls. Gone.
0: Yeah. And then
1: we have to fire Jack Johnson and put Andrew Bird in place, because I'd much rather listen to him.
0: Aww. It's true. No, it's fair. Yeah, he I would much rather Andrew Byrd tell me that, like, <laughs> I, I have to, like, I don't know, like, wear an apron 48 yeah. <laughs> hours a week and, when- like, I can only work like 12 hours a week before like violating my biological sex quota or something (laughs) when
1: (laughs) when do
2: we get our first twee president yeah right
1: Uh, but but he will like sort of charm people that way what is this scenario that I've created I don't know either way I, 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 I can see it
2: Andrew Bird in
0: Congress. I didn't think that we were going to go there. Well, so. Andrew Bird in Congress. No, like cons- like Federalist Society. Andrew Bird. Like, and, like like Andrew Bird is like quoting Edmund Burke. On the yeah. Floor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bow tie on
2: the floor and everything. You mentioned the the thing with Twitter and the media. How do you feel about that? About what specifically? Like, Twitter, like, essentially adding, like, censor things to his tweets, or the media just being like, we're not going to do this anymore, and cutting away from the president of the United States.
0: Well, they should have fucking done that four years ago. I mean, like, the man's been lying through his fucking shitty hair implants for four goddamn years. Like, it's not
1: yeah it's almost too little too late it's just yeah. like yeah. we've all known it's bullshit the old time oh now you now you guys are late to the party fuck off right
0: well, just talk about like a just like the most weak like weak need show of mm-hmm. resistance god shut up fuck you i have a hot take on it actually Okay. Is yeah. that as good?
2: No, it's not good. I actually think it's bad. Like, uh, one, mainstream media, like, whatever. Journalism should have been actively, like, just fact-checking Trump for years,
0: right? Well, they have been, but they do it in, like, the most just insufferable, like, it, East Coast way possible, which is, like, well, actually, like, instead of it being 13% of incarcerated people, it was 15% of incarcerated people, you know? Like, yes. It, who cares? You
2: hit you with the stats, like basically like bore everybody to death to even make an accurate comparison. But what did kind of creep me out, right? Is this the idea that like the private sector and these like commercial entities can just decide To cut off the speech of the president of the United States. And I know everybody says fuck Trump all day. Like, yeah, no one likes the guy. But that doesn't bode well for the left, theoretically, in the future either.
0: No, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the, like, Twitter censorship thing. Yeah, that's not
2: as... Or the Instagram thing. Like,
0: I really don't know how I feel about that. I also don't know really how I feel about, like, left... Dis, I don't even know if leftists is the right word, progressives in general, like yeah. calling for more prosecution of domestic terrorism or like FBI involvement. Just because the flip side of the coin is that they're gonna start investigating, you know, socialists. Like oh, yeah. you know, they're gonna like start well, I'm sure they've already infiltrated DSA meetings and got so goddamn bored that they had to leave. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's socialism it's deeply boring (laughs) yeah he he
2: he absorbs it through like proximity and it's like he has mostly meetings you gotta like yeah there's a lot of
0: meetings participate
2: in politics which is like a real novel idea for a lot of americans i feel like yeah
0: (laughs) well and the political process is fundamentally very boring especially if you're doing it democratically (laughs) yeah it is
2: uh so okay so i guess we are all kind of in agreement that uh trump's not really like gonna seize power
1: Yeah, I don't think so. No. I don't even think he wants it. No.
0: <laughs> no, no, he doesn't want to lose.
1: Yeah, right.
0: He doesn't yeah. want to lose, but like he doesn't want to be the president. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I like the theory that I heard that uh, he just doesn't come back after Thanksgiving break. He just like <laughs>
0: he's gonna like golf in Mar-a-Lago for the next like month and a half here's cause that's that's a a Gemini
1: that's a Gemini style is just to be like oh did that did that happen I've already moved on to this so like are you guys still talking about this presidency shit I'm off that who cares I've done that
0: I've grown past that I've
1: I've evolved so you guys are still bringing up old shit
0: that is like some true fucking Gemini shit that's also some Taurus shit to just like pretend that it never goddamn fucking happened in the first place Uh just like oh You, you've been scrubbed. Yeah, you've been entirely scrubbed from my there there
1: are There are whole conversations that have been scrubbed out of the nature of my mom and I's like communication because I'm just like I can't even go there because like I know what's gonna happen, so like that's off the table, and, and I'm fine with that.
2: Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard a whole bunch of ranging theories as to, like, why he's being such a fucking, like, sticking the mud about all this shit. Ego is definitely one of the big things, but I've heard also he's trying to, like, just siphon money out of his base oh to pay off his percent. 2016 campaign debt. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, get him, just keep chipping in. And apparently he's also worried about going to jail. He thinks after That's he leaves. That's never gonna fucking happen. I don't think it is either, but he's pretty worried about it. And apparently he is
0: broke. Well, okay, number one, yeah, of course he is broke. The man is a brilliant con artist, (laughs) and if you're gonna like or respect anything about him, the con is brilliant. It shoves, kiss, like gorgeous con. He's just gonna siphon money off of like, Boat dealership owners yeah. and
2: the jet ski sales. Yeah, like jet
0: Tampa. ski <laughs> people Ford. and the beautiful boaters. Like <laughs> yeah. for the rest of his life. Honestly, the half of the
2: villages that came out for yeah. this golf cart parade. Yeah. What, a, what a good grift! <laughs> it is seriously it is. pretty this good grift.
0: Although I do love the mental image of like the next American Civil War taking place like the villages in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it'll start. That'll <laughs> it's be the,
0: the battalions of golf yeah.
2: cart. It, it'll be the villages will be our the 2024 something yeah. like, it'll just where it
0: meet on the field of battle yeah. yeah. (laughs) the tennis courts to to the left of the civic center.
2: Right. I mean, mean, also cool of him to also sort of like irrevocably damage a contingent of the American population with this like poison magapill that's like never going to, we have to absorb that now, which is another like thing that I'm wondering how and what What do you Uh, mean? MAGA's not going away. Like, the Nazis didn't go away when Hitler shot himself. Like, Trump goes to jail or or gets out of office. They're not going to leave. They're they're like a new political wing.
1: Hitler didn't kill himself, just like Tupac isn't dead. Yeah, yeah, Hitler's in Argentina. uh, (laughs) And then also, I think the the MAGA stuff is just like new Confederate flag, but just upgraded. It's just like, okay, cool. You're letting me know who you are. Sure, you might be nice to your black neighbor and stuff like that because you have to see him all the time, whatever. But you're letting me know who you are and... That's fine for me.
2: How long that impact, that influence lasts on, on the GOP, I don't know either. Cause like like I said, like McConnell and like Lindsey Graham and even Pompeo to a certain extent have to like pay this lip service to this narrative that Trump got the election stolen from him because he is the majority voting block of the, the Republican Party. So, like, they have to, like, kind of entertain this notion to a certain extent. And they're going to have to keep doing that as time goes on. At least that's how I, I, I'm seeing it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, in true heroic novel fashion, they really did create the monster that's going to eat them alive. <laughs> There's a lot of argument about what is the root of the MAGA, QAnon, red pill world. And, like the argument between like you know it's material conditions and material forces versus like purely racial grievance like and i do think that it's a mixture i think yes. it's it's not one or the other it's both yeah but at the end of the day like who spun that narrative who created that grievance right like who drew the lines drawing like Poor people of different colors against each other. And fundamentally, the answer to that question is always conservatism. I mean, 100%, they've been doing it forever. They did it like when the Irish fucking showed up, when the Italians showed up, when the Polish showed up, because before World War II, they didn't need them to be white people. So, you know, it was like they were the Democrats. So you had to, you had to like hate the fucking Polish menace because they were going to come and take all of your jobs. There's, like, so many different historical threads going into the current moment that, like, it would be impossible to pick one. Yeah. But fundamentally, they were the people who created this monster, and they're the people who are going to be replaced by it.
2: Yeah. Conservatism, yeah. I'm going to go larger, bigger C word and just say capitalists. Because, like, one, capitalism in the United States is a racial capitalism, and it has been since, since yeah, the... Yeah, you States. can't
0: remove the two from each right. other.
2: So it, when you're continuously building and, like, I don't want to say evolving because that implies like something positive, but, like, changing the model of how that is implemented, you go from different transformations of, like, uh, systematic oppression for, like, indigenous and black folks and people of color. And, like, Trump is the end result of this, like, game that the United States capitalist class has to play now where they have to pretend that they're not racist anymore, but they still are. And part of the reason why Trump was able to elevate himself is because he leaned back into the old idea, like, racism is the thing that we're doing and it is what we're, like, prescribing out there for people. And because no one has an explanation as to why their lives are, like, really shitty and everybody is sort of obfuscating from just them pointing at, like, the capitalist class of like billionaires and being like, oh, it's, it's you guys, it's you guys. Like the right says, no, it's still this old thing. It's still, you know, the unknown other, it's still the immigrant. It's still like, you know, the welfare uh, queen or whatever, that whole image, that whole trope. And then the liberals just have to go, no, it's the Republicans.
0: Right. It's not exactly like it's new territory to say that like the problem with the Democratic Party is that they don't have a story. Yes. I mean, I used to talk about this all the time in different jobs where like my job was to help define the narrative of what the company was or like what the company was selling it's like no you have to tell a story to people you have to tell them a story that at the end of the day explains why they want you or yes. why they want the thing that you have to give them and like socialism has a story to tell you how that story gets told is pretty pretty disparate yes. at this point. <laughs>
2: All right, so speaking, you know, of a man without a story, let's uh, move on to talking about Joe Biden, our new president, our new king.
1: How do we all feel about Joe? I saw pictures of him when he was younger. He looked like a snack. Uh, yeah, young
0: Joe Biden could fucking get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um,
1: his, his Not my pro- type. His, his problematic son. Uh, Hunter. Yeah. yeah all also, like,
2: <laughs> fucking you know. 10 out of 10. Awesome. Whoa! Whoa. One time.
1: Ooh, All right. All right.
2: <laughs> Hunter Biden kind of looks like Jordan Peterson, but like, you know, if he had a proper diet and had fun.
1: You know, you, that having fun part that, that adds yeah, to it. That me. is true. Really this guy does. knows how to party. He does. Listen, you yeah. gotta <laughs> love
0: a bad boy.
1: <laughs> That's my review, of Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, cool.
1: So, Joe Biden used he, to be he's hot, dead.
0: loves trains. Yeah, yeah. Like, loves all train about time.
1: it. Lo- loves his
2: son, too. He, he really does does. loves oh, his it's, son. That is very touching. It's, uh, it's, you know, also uh, raises an eyebrow. He's like, all right, you, you see this problem with your son and and you're like oh yeah you're my beautiful baby boy like Mm -hmm. you can never do no wrong i hope for the best Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. and then anybody else he's like straight to jail get in there (laughs) did you try ecstasy five years yeah you gotta
1: you gotta wonder how many bodies he's uh put aside for his son right oh 100 yeah (laughs) biden
2: crime
0: family baby oh it's true. they're all fucking they are all crooks
2: we just shifted (laughs) it around to a different fucking like set of crooks yeah okay so but kamala eh?
0: k-hive
1: no well, um, uh, Wheat. Oh uh, yeah, the so weed, no. the weed thing. With, no, 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 oh. that's Tupac
0: oh, like. is her favorite living rapper no. though. So you gotta really give her that. Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> if she knows where he's at.
0: She knows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I was doing the uh, the aka little chant that happens between. See, is another thing that you don't know about black people, man. Right. And she should be very basic Yo,
0: knowledge. It's a cr- She's a soror. Oh, mm-hmm. really. Skiwee.
1: That's like their little fucking chant that they do back and forth between <laughs> each other and stuff like that. You'll hear a lot about that. Okay, going forward. Going oh yeah, 100%. In, 100%. If, 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 it's going to if she goes yeah. to like uh, give a speech and she does like little gang set thing before she does a speech. Like it's AKA, yeah, yeah. know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's been a big thing with like that's been a big like like Twitter thing is just people posting pictures of like all the sores at the like there's like all these annual conferences oh, yeah. for the like HBCs. Yeah, all these pictures and they're like the fucking Sorors aren't here. <laughs> uh-huh. You Wait, know what? Is, that, is that the stomping thing?
1: Yes. Right. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Does she do that? Oh, I'm sure she does not. Uh, probably, yeah. probably doesn't participate in, but has probably been too many of. And Foxy, that's what I would love to see. Yeah, like <laughs> when she does her first speech, before her should be a step team coming up and doing something. Okay, dangerous. no, joke, that speech.
0: would be so fucking cool.
1: You know, that's that's where that's what we wanted with the with the hot sauce in the bag, but it was inauthentic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is authentic because like she has lived this. This is this is she's so already produced a couple
0: of, good memes it's true yeah. well instead of instead of like some just like dry ass press conference it's actually just the like ha, like annual howard step oh, contest <laughs>
1: like, so the theatrics alone would get people on the right just be like well i do like a good show and yeah like, she right? puts on a you good show you can't not
0: get hyped when you, you really see can. a fucking like Oh my god no I so I'm a dork I'm from I'm from the DC area originally
1: Hello Nova
0: Yeah mm. <laughs> Um and so when I was in high school once or twice I went to the Howard Step competition oh, um, wow. and it's it's the coolest the
1: energy in that oh place is insane It's the
0: coolest thing ever and like if you can't tell I'm extremely, like, for my voice. I'm, I'm <laughs> white. I'm <laughs> white. I'm extremely fucking white. But I love Step. I've always loved to watch, like, the YouTube Man. videos of, like, fucking house parties and shit where the best Fucking like routines happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, speaking
1: of speaking and speaking of like whiteness or whatever, energy. when when Brian is just like, <laughs> what? You don't randomly just look up skate videos on YouTube? I'm like, no. I watch uh, choreographed videos of people dancing and stuff because that's what excites me or whatever. So yeah. like,
0: also this from is- Nova, like cause from Nova, you know, like it's a pretty like racially diverse area, oh, yeah. if not economically so. So like, my high school had a step team. We also oh, had. shit. A, we also had a. That's su- a
2: thing in high school. Like you can yeah. join that. Oh man, I'm out of. Love. Oh
0: yeah. No. And They're good. Yeah. Um. And then we also had like a salsa team (laughs) that like did competitive salsa. How were they? They were actually really fucking good. State champs salsa. Um, No, no. My. Well, did you have like a rival school for salsa dancing? I I probably probably
1: the team (laughs) did or something. Probably
0: probably did. I have no idea. Nah,
1: that would be a movie I'd watch.
0: The only thing I knew of our high school being extremely uh, competitive and well. I should rephrase that. I got kicked out on my first <laughs> time. To go, to <laughs> go into the personal. Expand um, on that. <laughs> uh, I went to a cult high school for two years. Whoa, wait, what? What's a cult high school? Um, have you ever heard of Opus Day? Oh, shit, yeah. Opus Day is a conservative Catholic cult. Um, yep. I My parents insisted that I go to Catholic school because they wanted me to get a Catholic education, which is a really good way of making sure your kid does not grow up to be Catholic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that's, that's
0: what I've heard. So I did not try very hard on my high school entrance exams. (laughs) And the only high school I got into was this Opus Dei all-girls school. And I got booted because my family were liberals, basically, is the reason. I got told that I was not going to be invited back because... I did not represent the values of an Oak Crest girl, which <laughs> Sounds is like a
2: win. True. Sounds like a win. Yeah. So where did yeah. you end up going? Next?
0: I ended up going to a larger Catholic school, one of the like big, like, you know, thousands and thousands of students, like Catholic schools in Alexandria, Virginia, which is also mm-hmm. a Raytheon Acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My second high school, the only two things we were known for was band and crew, but a very wow. good band. Which one's crew again?
1: The rowing. rowing oh yeah yeah, yeah man you are making yeah. me miss nova so much i was a janitor at lockheed martin when i was 19 Oof. and i had a top secret clearance at the time and like when you have a top secret clearance you have to go from like job to job with a clearance you can't like do clearance and then pizza and then clearance again so mm-hmm. like i was just like all right i gotta get another job i'm tired of being a janitor but like i have to do something else Uh, And, like, just fucking looking at your options in the government when you have, like, no education and, like, no skills or whatever. Uh, You know, like, there's not even, like, creative departments that I was, like, even interested to be in or whatever but uh I interviewed for a job at like L3 data communications or whatever for like a data control specialist it was like a $40,000 a year job and I was 19 and I was in the interview and then uh everything was going well I was about to like get this job and just like I guess you know <laughs> fucking work in data communications or whatever uh, yeah data specialist software something I don't fucking That's anymore.
0: like literally my job title I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like when she when she got to the point of the interview she was like all right so like does this seem like something that you could see yourself doing as a career I could feel my brain like coming to a halt and breaking and just being like career doing this forever. No, <laughs> no fucking way. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so then like and then out loud, I, I said to her, I was like, actually, honestly, no. Because if I don't, if I do this, then I'll never move to New York and be a photographer and like be an artist like I want to and all this stuff. And like I tanked the interview on the spot. Like I very politely, I was just like, I, I mean, I thank you for your time, but I guess I don't want to do this. And then I went to go work for Papa John's <laughs> no. only only to move to New York two years later. Hell yeah. Like, when you said you're from DC I immediately was like Nova because I was just like, well, the amount of people who are actually from from DC or proper are very small. Oh yeah,
0: no, I make sure to say DC area. <laughs> I'm area, from the right. DC area because you say like I'm from Arlington, Virginia. People are like,
1: don't know what the don't fuck know what that, that is. is cemetery. Like,
0: hey. I could not tell you how to get to Arlington Cemetery. Be a car. i could tell you how to get there on the metro.
1: Oh, that makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I shot a wedding in Arlington Cemetery. Uh, oh, God. I'm dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. People in the military love that shit. And so I remember, like, uh, I was I was the assistant anyways. And, you know, we we're taking a picture in front of this big statue, <laughs> like a bunch of graves in the backyard. But I've also shot a wedding in the Pittsburgh Cemetery, too. So, you know.
0: <laughs> to be fair, I find happens. that way less grim. <laughs> Right. right anyway sorry no, yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, no sorry. hours. so to connect that all back to the topics of our episode, there's some things that you said raytheon lockheed martin l3 all of these things have in common with joe biden and the fact that members of those corporations are not part of his transitional team we have six rand corporation goals like we're just going back to this, this area that you were speaking of, this northern virginia this like political conglomerate this consolidation of all these entities Fully represented in the Biden administration coming in.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, living in that area, you go one of two ways. You either fully buy in, like... This makes sense. This is good. Yeah. Like, there are technocratic ways of solving this because everybody is fundamentally either of one economic level or the other. Like, you're either comfortable to wealthy or you're service level. Yeah. Like, you work for the people who are comfortable or wealthy. Or you go the direct <laughs> opposite, which is this is all vile and horrible and must be burned down.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. yeah. Eradicated. I mean, you're in like the, the belly of the beast, right? right? Right. Yeah. So, like, were your parents stoked that Biden won?
0: Um, yeah. But like with the
2: skepticism that any kind of like, you know, rational person would have or...
0: Well, so my dad is from DC, but my dad is a Canadian citizen. My dad can't vote. Okay. Um, my mom is a like lifelong Democrat who hates the Republicans and has self-diagnosed Trump derangement syndrome.
2: Gotcha. So she's worried about the coup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, she just hates Trump. And like, she messaged me the day that they announced and she was like, well, you know, Joe Biden is the president now. And I was like, congratulations, mom. I'm happy for you. She was like, you know, she was like, well, there's, you know, there's a real chance that now the things that you believe in will like, that you can really make them happen. And I was like, that's not true, but I really appreciate the thought, mom. Yeah. That's a, that's a different kind of optimism altogether. Yeah. No, she's she's (laughs) not, you know, she's not like, neither of them are fully bought in. I think I was getting them there on Bernie. Like they weren't totally sold, but they were like, we can see why you, think that this is the right move.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, in the last couple days, the Biden team has already, like, backpedaled on a lot of stuff. Curiously enough, the um, expunging and release of, like, nonviolent prisoners for marijuana convictions just completely disappeared from their criminal justice reform platform. The $50,000 that they were, I think Schumer was proposing, that Biden was supposed to co-sign to, like, absolve student debt. Oh, yeah, no,
0: it's thousand dollars Yeah,
2: they lost 40 k Yeah. <laughs> like, 10 a day since it was announced from, from Schumer to when Biden got hold of it so that i mean that's funny and curious enough which we're gonna move into talking about is uh foreign policy not a single thing is different from donald trump
0: the united states is it's a starved dog in a corner that is yeah. trying so desperately to enforce its will upon the world and it is completely donald trump d- destroyed the last shreds of american credibility In terms of the imperial project, they're not going to stop trying, though.
2: He derailed it. Yeah. And my concern with Biden, which is really like, you know, the Obama foreign policy department part two, is that he's going to try to really aggressively play catch up.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty concerned about the China posturing already. But I mean, the fact is, did anybody really think that the uh, American imperial war machine would be like, well, it seems like China's kind of got it now, so time to like retire everybody, shut yeah, no. down, we're selling the F-150s or whatever. That's a car. That's a truck. yeah, yeah, it's a truck. That's a truck. But, I mean, they still want to, they still want to sell those too. With the the F-35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that
2: shuts down when it gets wet. Yeah, those are brilliant that's piece such of machinery. A fucking dumbass. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean there are already, like, he's already planning on just, like, unloading a mass quantity of drones to, like, a bunch of, like, yeah. different, like, Arab states in the Gulf. It hasn't fundamentally changed his position on Yemen, on Venezuela, no. on uh, Bolivia. Like, I'm sure we'll see more fucking uh, underminings of those governments going forward. <laughs> but in, in that kind of, like, stylish and, and woke way that the Democrats like to do because it'll be a lady defense secretary ordering it.
0: Yeah, no, it's already starting. The apologia is already starting. But that's just one of those things where, like, it feels so futile to even, like, discuss the potential for any change in the American Imperial Project because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. There's no material incentive for that to stop. And there is every material incentive for it to continue. So, like, I don't know. I'm very Doomer on, on the military. And also, like, I mean, again, like, It's hard to fully grasp. And again, when you're from the Nova area and you kind of see it, it's a lot easier to visualize. But like, they can't turn the spigot off.
2: Nope. The odds-on appointment for defense secretary is going to be this woman named Michelle Flournoy. Who is very much part of that like military industrial complex in northern virginia that, that you described yeah like she's born and bred in it and she was in the clinton administration and the obama administration she's credited as being the architect for the military intervention in both syria and libya oh, And fantastic. We, we both know how those situations turned out
0: really really good
2: yeah uh she was giving weapons to neo-nazis in western ukraine as a sort of like buffer against uh russia also we know how that worked out still frozen conflict still people you know Dying over there. So, like, this is the strategy that she's like bringing to the table. I'm not really excited about it. I don't, I don't, I'm not really optimistic about it, but I feel like it's going to be even harder to criticize now because the identity politics card is going to be in play.
0: At the end of the day, like, I guess when it comes to US foreign policy, I just am like glad for the little victories. There was a period of time where I really, really thought we were going to go to war with Iran, and I was oh, really yeah. fucking scared. I'm generally pretty pragmatic about what international policy like means for my life, which yep. is almost nothing in terms of my like direct day-to-day existence. But like that really fucking scared me, but it didn't happen. And like, I'm trying to remember, um, it was Seamus, uh, I never pronounce his name correctly. Um, Tazali, who's a journalist who writes about Iran. He was on Chapo and he was talking about it and he was like, Listen, my family has had to flee Iran multiple times. I've been in prison multiple times for political activities. The government of Iran is not good. The government of Iran is bad. The alternatives are worse. And like us not going to war with Iran, one good thing that happened. But like in terms of everything else, like in my opinion, it's just you take the teeny teeny weensy things that you can get. Because at this point, like there is no influence. Like nobody has any influence.
2: Over the foreign policy? Absolutely not.
0: Over foreign policy. No, that's, that is something that you have to have millions and millions of dollars to even have a voice in discussing it. So I'm very pessimistic about foreign policy policy um to the point where i I try not to think about it because it's just such a bummer
2: yeah it is going to be frustrating i mean like coming from my personal politics i i am anticipating having to uh like maybe defend china like a little bit more than i'm comfortable with just to push back on this sort of like balkanization effort that's been going on uh with like you know we gotta separate taiwan and like hong kong and and the situation in uh is uh with the uyghurs is like bad and you know it's all it's all part of this like western propaganda machine that even like you know leftists in the United States just sort of like kind of unquestioningly regurgitate which is yeah
0: troubling. I mean that's and and that's like possibly one of the kernels of like conflict that is just so incredibly fucking dumb around politics is like in leftist, there is leftist politics I me mean? yeah so. is that like two things can be spicy at the same time mm-hmm. China is not necessarily like this horrible like bear in the woods trying mm-hmm. to kill us while also like, being a repressive authoritarian
2: country. They like to have it both ways with China a lot. Yeah. It's either like this monstrous authoritarian country that has like total control over the citizens' lives, daily citizens' lives, or it's a completely like inept, ineffectual government that can't do anything. Right.
0: So Um, I don't know. That depresses me probably more than anything. Trying to discuss like foreign policy on the left is is a disaster because you've either got like China is good and only good. Um, there are no problems there, and Chinese Muslims are fine. Yeah. Or you've got like China is a paper tiger. Those are your only two options. It seems like both. And uh, and nuance. Twitter is not the place for nuance.
2: No. Ne- apparently, neither is American foreign policy. No. So since we already surrendered control over this issue, what about <laughs> uh, domestically? Anything? Anything to look forward to with uh, the bond
0: administration? I was convinced via a conversation I heard on a podcast probably that really the only thing that we can hope for is a good labor secretary or at least one that's less bad. We know it's not going to be Bernie. Oh, no, of course it's not. Or Elizabeth Warren. No, no, certainly not. But the thing that honestly flipped the switch for me from like I'm not voting to I'm voting for Joe Biden was the issue with the USPS. Obviously, a lot of things happened after (laughs) that where I was like, okay, no, I got to do it. But like the Postal Service in this country is a great band is it great? It is actually a great band. <laughs> I was just re-listening to them.
1: I saw I saw Postal Service at the Black Cat, the first tour, the first ever first tour that they went on. Oh
0: my on. god, I miss the Black Cat so much. Black Cat, that Black Cat, fucking killer, noise. goddamn <laughs> venue. Oh my god. You guys
2: talk about North Virginia for
0: no. No, that's DC. Yeah. That's DC. That's All right. DC. That's my DC bad. Probably. Also, RIP <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hotel. Their food was dog shit, Ew. but that place is a great place to. See I a show. went
1: and went to some raves there. Oh <laughs> like, my god. Like, I I remember, like, dance battling somebody at the rock and roll. <laughs> so, that's so fucking cool. Good. That's okay. so
0: cool. But back to the actual Postal anyway, Service. Anyway, no, okay. Yeah, so yeah. The, postal, the Postal Service is a vital lifeline in our country. Um, they so what, are. What do you think Joe Biden's going to do to preserve it? I think, I don't know if he's going to do anything to preserve it. I think that it's a losing Democratic policy to cut anything from the USPS, yeah. especially since it's the largest employer of minorities in the country. Yeah. So I think that that's going to at least stem the bleeding Going to Ma- staunch the bleeding a little bit, and and honestly, any labor <laughs> are the Democrats pro labor? Of course, they're not, but are they less anti labor? Yeah. Yes, and and especially as like Uber starts rolling Prop Twenty Two out across the country, anything that protects the rights of working people is a slight advantage.
2: Yeah, and the people, the architects of Prop Twenty Two, uh, I think, are also warming their way into the
0: Biden administration. Oh, I'm as well. I'm certain they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mina Harris, who is Kamal Harris's. The sister. whatever they're related in some fashion she works for uber yeah in california and was one of the architects of prop 22 so yep. yeah i know i mean to to suggest that they're a pro-labor party is absurd but at Any, the end of the day like it's a battle of inches yeah
2: all right well speaking of inches then let's just move it down the line um obviously like protests against the police were huge this year and will probably still continue to spontaneously periodically pop up Biden has already said that he's not gonna do anything in terms of defunding or moving money away from the police. Any hope, any prospects there? (laughs) Are we looking at maybe a different landscape in terms of that in the United States under Biden? I don't think so, but I'm a pessimist.
0: Federally? No, but that's the thing. When it comes to defunding, when it comes to these practical solutions, right? Defund the police, like there's all this fucking discourse about how like, that's not a good slogan. Fuck you, I don't care. Yeah, 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 I don't care either. The point is that like police budgets are set on the municipal level organizing against police budgets smart organizing is what defunds the police the president doesn't do that no and i am fundamentally of the mind that like all politics is local i've really fundamentally committed myself to just not fucking thinking about the fact that joe biden is the president i don't care that joe biden is the president i'm glad it's not fucking trump but i don't give a shit i'm my goal is to improve the situation in pittsburgh that's what i can do
1: Oh, I that's like fair. that. Yeah,
2: I mean, that, that's completely valid. You're right. Budgets are set in the municipal level, but Joe Biden is the guy who decides to give police uh, forces like MRAPs and like tanks.
0: Right. Absolutely. But like, again, I think the idea that like activism can impact, like local level activism can impact the federal level is just absolutely naive, like fundamentally deeply naive. Here's, I guess, wheeling back a little bit, yeah. like what has informed my politics over the last five years or whatever the reality is that like m- the material circumstances of people in my community are something that i can do something about i have an impact in my neighborhood yes i have an impact in my city i have an impact in my day-to-day interactions with people mm-hmm. and to spend too much energy looking outside of that is wasting energy that could be spent on the local level the republicans have spent the last 10 fucking years Destroying the local level, municipal politics, state politics, yes. yeah, just systematically and the courts and yeah. Republicans have a much better ground strategy. They do, and like, they've taken power, they've taken every state house, they have taken every city council. Yeah. And so while the fucking Democrats and Republicans fight over like two people with barely differentiating positions, We on the left need to be focusing on taking back our communities. Like, we have to fix our state houses. How the fuck are we going to think about fixing Congress until we have the state house? We can fix Pennsylvania. We can get people elected in Pennsylvania. But that means we have to knock doors in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I think of it in this hundred-year strategy of, like, the Democrats just left the store for the Republicans to take. Yeah. So while they fight over the upper echelons of things fundamentally our focus needs to be on our states our communities our cities and our local officials because if we can get we can get socialists elected to the state house we can get socialists elected yeah. to the fucking city council i'm not even an electorist but any stretch of the imagination but like we can do these things these are practical yeah so i tend to kind of dial into that a little more closely than thinking that like there is any president or senator or, or, you know, a state representative in the House of Representatives that's going to impact anything?
2: I mean, I'm with you 100%. I don't think that there is a magic candidate that's going to emerge. My issue is, even on the local level, which everything that you said is, is right and, like, it's extremely important, but you have to always agitate past that because as long as the federal government is what it is, as long as, like, capitalism remains intact, no matter, like... How much ground you gain in those like these like Battle of Inches in local municipalities and cities? The American landscape might end up looking maybe like a thousand little Cubas, just like surrounded by this beast everywhere it goes. So like even if you have like an all socialist city council and an all socialist mayor of Pittsburgh, there's only so much they can do within the parameters of that system, right? right? So like there is a point to agitate like past. Uh, the local
0: politics. Well, I think it's important to, like, make it known that, like, people are against this. I mean, like, the the fact is that, like, hundreds of thousands of people fucking took to the streets all summer to, like, say, Black Lives Matter. Yes. Black people have lives and they are important and we should value them and give them every, like, material opportunity to, like, thrive and exist and rather than supporting the police. Federal government's not done shit about that. But... Minneapolis and Seattle did. Did they though? They started to. I mean, the mayor is fucking turned it, but yeah, that's why you start building. But and regardless, do I think Joe Biden's gonna do fucking shit? Of no, course I don't. <laughs> no, no, I don't think anything's <laughs> no, going to change.
2: But that. I try, yeah.
0: I try, like again, because I realized this a while ago. I just think yeah. I think I've given up.
2: <laughs> oh no, are you black pilled?
0: I'm pretty black pilled. I don't Dang. think that anything's getting better.
2: All right, this is where you guys can talk.
0: Wee! <laughs> yeah, drum,
2: nihilism. Politics. Where does all have, come in? We, we all just plants. stop giving a shit. I have, have plants, plants. plants now. Yeah. Oh, and, plants are very nice. Uh, <laughs>
1: I've been shifting my room around to make more room for plants. And I just keep building in my room to make room for plants. and. Uh, sounds lovely. I feel like there's more oxygen in the room. There so is. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, I've started mixing my bath gels together. Now I've got Ooh. the spearmint eucalyptus and the melatonin stuff at the same time. So yeah, like I said, I've I've stopped paying attention to everything. No, yeah. I would I would I do like the idea of like it feels corny to say being activated every but being activated. Yeah. Like I don't want to stop doing stuff cuz that seems like huh. I don't know that's just giving up and I'm not ready to give up. It
2: it literally is the only way like
0: no totally and that's the thing is like my brain is like we're out of time yes we've run out of time we're going to experience massive climate disaster there's going to be mass migration on a global scale because of climate there's going to be increasing inequality I don't see a way out of these things yeah but big but here if you stop fighting you lose any meaning to your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean,
2: in the metaphysical sense, it's absolutely true.
0: Well, yeah, I have a dumb fucking job. I don't give a shit about because (laughs) it pays me money. I have a house that I'm massively privileged to live in. I have a partner that I love. I have a very nice life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it doesn't mean anything and giving up and just like watching TV for the next whatever, uh, optimistically 50 years before I die (laughs) is not an option. No, Will I have any material impact on the world? I don't know. I truly don't believe that I will. But trying to is the only reason to live my yeah. opinion. So yeah. Have I given up 100%, but I'm not going to stop fighting for right. the things that I think are valuable because if I did at that point, why am I even fucking living anymore?
2: You have passed our socialist test. <laughs> 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 I mean, this is like, you no, know, this is like an important thing to emphasize because we are at a point where we're looking at like a catastrophe coming at us. And like, if everybody gets involved and I know that sounds cliche and like kind of dumb, but like, that's like the fundamental truth of all like socialists, Theory is that the masses have to organize, right? So the masses don't organize if the masses don't organize. So like we end these all all these episodes with this sort of like call to action, like this appeal to get involved and like what can you do uh to sort of like mitigate this fucking disaster. You just gotta do the work. Like it's it's like going to the gym, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that this is something that we can take from the Soviet project, which is that doing the work doesn't necessarily mean going to meetings and standing on a street corner with pamphlets. That's one way of doing the work, but like you don't have a holistic society you don't have a world in which people are like given the opportunity to thrive and be holistically whole people because I think about yeah Yeah, I I think about like the holistic human experience a lot. Think about health for example like oh well you have to take your vitamins and you have to go to the doctor and like don't eat beef for every meal right like oh okay we'll we'll take this medicine you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But that's not what health is yeah health is having a safe place to live having healthy food to eat also enjoying things that aren't healthy for you like and dancing and singing and listening to music and having joy in your life these are things that contribute to your health yes we don't have a world of holistic joy and of, of holistic wholeness of like people being whole people without art without music yes. without like all of these things that like obviously matter to all of us right. <laughs> like,
2: this is this is wild's argument did you ever read his essay oscar wilde's uh, soul of man under socialism
0: I did not know. I've read a I mean, lot of wild, but somehow not
2: that one. I mean, he was, you know, he was he was with the movement, so like he wrote a little bit about it. And the, his basic like thesis for that essay was just that when you take care of people's material needs, it frees them up to pursue the things that make humans human. Right. Mimic.
0: Yeah. So it's like it's like you know like our going is going to meetings isn't for everybody. No. Like in Woo! literally, <laughs> like, boom. but there are ways that everybody can contribute to the work of providing people with a holistic society and that is art that is making music that is taking photographs i mean like one of the things that makes me feel the most passionate about socialism and racial justice are teeny harris photographs yeah like teeny harris photographs make me deeply emotional because they show this like snapshot of people at a time when the whole world was just designed to destroy them and break them and experiencing joy, like experiencing joy and mundanity and framing it in such a beautiful way. These things all contribute to the work because the work isn't unifaceted. The work is everything. For a lot of people, being alive and not giving up is doing the work.
2: Love that so much. I'm gonna push back on it a little bit though. Of course. Uh so like <laughs> while I while I I do feel like all that kind of stuff is important and that holistic existence is important, that requires a certain amount of privilege to a certain extent. Sure. To have time for leisure activities, to have time for that kind of like
0: but having time for meetings is privilege too.
2: Yeah, for sure. Unless you recognize it as your only political option. And then it becomes like not necessarily a privilege, but like a mandatory
1: like obligation.
0: I guess so, but like again, if we're going to define art and music and And these non, I don't want to say technocratic because that's not the right term, but these non standard political activities, if we're going to consider those activists, if we're going to consider those work, we're going to consider those part of a socialist society, then are they leisure at all? But we're not in a socialist society is my point. No, I understand that. But like, but like for some people making art is the thing that keeps them from wanting to die. True. It I doesn't mean, necessarily mean that it's yeah. like leisure, a leisure activity. It, it might be a survival activity.
2: Well, I mean, if you're making art in a capitalist society, like Chu and I are both artists, like you're also doing it
0: as a source of work. But a lot of people don't do it for work. They do it for joy.
1: I feel like I only actually, well, I guess I was doing photography for work, but it, it seems like I found more reason to do the stuff when I was getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. If immediately after I got out of jail, I didn't like have an art show to like raise money for my shit or whatever, like I don't know how long it would have taken me to like seek that stuff out. But I had a I had a huge bill <laughs> that I owed to my lawyer and I was about to owe much money to this date. And so that sort of like pushed me to do that more. But all of the photography that I enjoyed was just Doing it just to do it. I know I'm going with this on am high end, but, you know, both, both parts are right. Everybody's right I'm, here.
2: I am personally talking about the concept of cadre, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in order for any sort of, like, radical transformation of, like, a society like the United States to exist, like, we have to have a, a, a vanguard of, of cadre. And cadre is a word that means, like, professional revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their job. Like there is no, they don't take vacations. There's no like, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm not even saying that I qualify as this. I'm just saying that the need for it is an imperative, like in order to transform the United States.
0: Sure, what I guess I'm saying is, do I think that for the construction of a different society, does everybody need to be involved in creating that? Of course they do. But I guess what I'm saying is that like, that isn't for all people the same thing. Yes. Everybody has their own part to play in it, right? Like I don't do a lot of on the ground organizing. Because it's just simply not what I'm good at. Right. But I organize data, I plan out legislative activities, I yeah. do things on the back end side of things to keep the organization I'm part of running. So you feed
2: into it, like an ecosystem.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Like everybody has a little piece of that. To play and and intention obviously matters very much so in how you do any activity. But, like, the idea that socialism just means going to meetings and then, like, like I said, handing out pamphlets or knocking on doors is, I think a destined to fail fallacy because that is simply not true. Everybody, like I said, has their part to play.
2: So socialism to me, what it means to be part of the vanguard, right? And that concept is to be the person that's pulling people in to the socialist mentality, helping them one, understand their role as an exploited worker in a capitalist system too, which a lot of people kind of like don't automatically realize. And then two is to sort of connect All of the various special oppressions that exist in the United States to this larger system that... I saw this one metaphor for it, right? Where, like, capitalism is best conceptualized as Cthulhu, right? Mm -hmm. One big, disgusting head with all of these tentacles that, like, spread out into another thing. And then, like, uh, socialism was, was described as the Hydra cut off one head and then two more sprout up with different interpretations and because that's kind of how like different systems model each other. It's it's many connected to one and then one connected to many. Mm -hmm. You have to sort of like engage the public so their consciousness sort of transforms. So they are creating music, art, literature doing whatever those creative pursuits, but they're doing it from like a sort of ideological bedrock.
0: Sure, sure. Focused, right? Yeah, but that's political education. And oh, and yeah. political education is its own type of activism. Yes. But, I mean, I guess we're all kind of dancing around agreeing on the same point. As most leftists.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Consistent with the American. Which is that like... We have the responsibility to work on creating the society that we want to live in. And for many people, and I think that this is something that's off-putting about organizing for a lot of people, is this concept that organizing is one thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I'm seeing it on the podcast, so I commit myself to doing it but like... Even at this point, I scroll past so many people's Instagram posts that are just saying like, hey, we need to like just somebody to do this just to drive this stuff. And I'm like, I can make a day or two to drive food around the city. I actually like driving. And then it's just like very low socializing. Like I'm not even about some COVID shit. I just don't want to like fucking talk to people. Or whatever. No, no, and if I just have to, to talk to anybody, <laughs> and if I just have to show up and be like, hey, here's this. And they're just like, OMG, that's great. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, enjoy living. And then I get to go like that's easy stuff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I was thinking about this the other day because um. a project kind of sprung up organically out of this other meeting that we were having, right? And there were a couple of people who are newer members who of DSA who were, like, really excited about it. But because they're newer members, they don't necessarily feel confident mm-hmm. in, like, taking ownership of that project. As I was organizing this other call to talk about this project where I basically just said, what do you want to do? Okay, here's the person who's going to do it. I'll check in in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I was realizing that like organizing, fundamentally at the end of the day, organizing is being the person who tells other people like what to do. and when it needs to be done. And that is, you know, in a democratic organization that is democratized and that you say like, do you want to do this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, here's the thing I'm asking you to do. Mm -hmm. And it's something that all socialists have a hard time breaking down into its granular parts, which is that being willing to answer the phone or answer the email or the, the Instagram post and saying like, Yeah, I can pick up this thing and take it over here, that's still organizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That counts. That counts as activism because the ecosystem. Yeah, because like mutual aid in, mm-hmm. and like being willing to even step into the world of mutual aid is a huge deal. Like right you have to kind of change your thought process on uh, what charity is. uh,
1: Well, even less than that, just my personal goal in life is to just be less selfish. I had a smooth 30 years of just being a shithead, and literally just (laughs) thinking, me, 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 stepping on people, betraying, all the shit, all the bad things, I did them. Wait, 30 years? Gemini shit. Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs)
2: starting starting from birth, or did you have like a period from when you were born to like, when you were like five, when you were good?
1: My mom read, uh, The, the police blotter to me when I was in her womb so like I came out Damn. with just energy just Ryan, ready to go Ryan come.
2: played Bad to the bone. right now knowing the day I was <laughs> born
1: absolutely man like I came out ready to go she said I could run before I walked and stuff like that so like I'm telling you I've just I just wanted to like do the most and I just know that it came from a place of selfishness like I reveled in it I loved it I made it part of my identity and it was great and like that is a skin that I'm working very hard to shed, so even just the idea of of just like because I love my I love my personal time so fucking much, I love doing nothing baths watching anime, all that shit, or whatever, but now I'm just like I'm going to give up an hour or three of that to that, go and do something else
2: that's good that's huge yeah, that's a good point. just give up an hour or two or three of like every other day and you you're making a pretty big contribution already
0: yeah absolutely and and again like so much of what living socialism is because there's kind of like two models of it which is the top down of you know we're gonna tell you what to do and you're gonna do it versus the bottom up which is that yes. people will change the way they see things and in so doing change how they behave yeah and mutual aid is a great example because as a society we have this concept of what charity is right like charity is this kind of like Paternalistic, very bourgeois concept, Mm -hmm. but mutual aid is not. I mean, mutual aid is saying, I have something that somebody in my community needs. Yeah. I can just give that to them. Nobody has to modulate that. Nobody has Mm -hmm. to intermediate that. Like, I have money to buy food. Mm -hmm. You need food. Mm -hmm. How about I just go buy you some food? Or you need a bed. Mm -hmm. I don't have a bed, but I have a car and somebody else has a bed. Just Becoming aware of mutual aid and what power that has in right. terms of building community. And and I mean, so I'm a libertarian socialist. I think a lot about dual power. That's a huge base for dual power mm-hmm. is building these relationships. And then also this sense of relationship to other people in your community. Like, oh yeah, oh my God, you need help. I I, I can help you.
1: And, and and going back to like, n- not everybody was sort of like knowing where they fit in or whatever. It's like th- the more examples that you put forth of what organizing looks like, the people that are just like, oh shit, websites. I, I can build a website or you yeah. know a- any kind of stuff. Like if you start putting out the need for it and, and showing people like, hey, guess what? This is like, you get to get your rocks off doing something you love yep. and you're helping.
2: New applicants to PSL, like if they're kind of uncomfortable, like public speaking or like leading rappers. Or anything like that, and they like, but they're good at maybe posting. Like we're like, all right, you're going to fucking social, social media. media yeah, exactly. Like, get on it. Yeah, no, I no. mean,
0: like we've we've been we've had some capacity issues with like different aspects of the organization for a while, and like one of the things we've been talking about is um, data. Yeah. And a couple of people were like, oh, I know things about like digital security, but I'm new to Pittsburgh. I don't know anybody. I don't know where I fit in here. I was like, well, oh, you know things about digital security. There's do you want to do an opsec training? Do yeah. you want to like? get us a PGP key? Do you want to like help streamline our like institutional knowledge on this? This is so valuable. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, but again, the other part is that you need organized, you need people who are more confident or more experienced to say like, can you do this? Because Mm -hmm. if you offer somebody an open-ended thing, it's very overwhelming Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. say yes. And then sort of self directedly just do Mm -hmm.
2: it. One of those instances in which deadlines are helpful.
0: Yes. Deadlines are valuable.
2: Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> going back to Joe Biden. Well, no. We're on to... We, we kind of naturally ended up in the end of this fucking thing. Because, like, obviously, we, we there's not much we can do to talk about Joe Biden. He's just going to suck. He's going to continue to suck. A lot of the stuff that Trump did, he's going to continue to do. It might take, you know, a different flavor. But ultimately, in substance, it's the same thing. So... I mean, as good dialectical materialists, right? We know that uh, COVID not going to go away and that the pressure that it's putting on all the various global economic systems is still going to be a thing. So the material conditions probably in the United States and globally will keep deteriorating, which is, you know, a fucking opportunity for us, basically. So, like, in these situations, How do we go forward? How do we organize locally? Like, how do we take these things into account? Is it going to look like more mutual aid? Let's just fucking end this shit with, like, a brainstorm on ideas. And maybe, maybe people listening to this will be like, oh, shit, I can do something for that. And, like, fucking get them involved somehow. Is labor agitation in the future? Like, are we going to see unions, like, step back up to that fucking traditional role? What do you think? What do you think, MJ?
0: I hope that unions step up. Is there
2: anything we can do to get unions to step up? besides having step them.
1: shows at unions
0: yes whee, whee. oh, oh my god you. thank you jerome <laughs> so i experienced a little bit of this trying to discuss a project that people were talking about like oh well we want to organize restaurant workers and mm. It was like well you're gonna run into some problems there yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> number one, there's a fundamentally deeply individualistic <laughs> tendency among restaurant workers, especially waiters. Mm. But then also like, how are you fucking going to organize a business that has 15 employees mm-hmm. where the owner works there, right? Like also works fucking 55 hours a week. Like it's not going to happen. No. It's simply not going to happen. Like I was working at a place with three employees and the owner worked fucking more than I did. <laughs> So it's like, what is a union going to get me? Nothing. They don't have, like the owner doesn't have anything for me, but the system does, the state does. So I think we find ourselves in a position where like organizing labor is very difficult because it's been so criminalized and so demonized by the powers that be that a lot of people are afraid of unionizing in smaller places. Like if you have less than 200 employees, it's very... I don't even think we have a right to unionize. Barely. Yeah. Technically we do technically
2: in the state of Pennsylvania?
0: Yes. Okay. Technically in the state of Pennsylvania because federal labor law allows the creation of a union. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to form a union. However, since Pennsylvania is a right to work state, you may be fired. Right. For yeah. that. Didn't you can t- the
1: library workers form yeah. A union? Yeah, yep. yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Library workers union. Uh, I think the
2: science center, Carnegie Science Center workers, the museum workers are working on? A uh, union museum too?
0: workers are working on a union. I knew about I think it was like the Carnegie Museums. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly which museums were instrumental in that the contractors for Google have a union now, Mm. but I mean, you know, my job has 80 employees spread out across three States. Yeah. And like, I've talked to a couple of my coworkers about unionizing and. We have no way of doing it without management finding out.
2: A larger question, probably maybe even a more important question is like, how do you get unions to exert their power in the interest of something that's not their union?
0: You democratize them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a good answer, right? <laughs> I
0: mean, but that's, the, but that's the thing. There's a, there's a portion of the Teamsters called Teamsters for a Democratic Union. There is a union, a Teamsters union in Philly. I want to say it was the UPS union Yeah. where the, a couple of of the workers realized that like nobody was going to these meetings the foreman and everybody was being elected by like five fucking old white guys but the bulk of the workers were black or latino and so they took over the fucking union They came back and they said, no, we want our people in. And because they had the numbers, they voted them in. And ever since then, the material conditions in that particular UPS facility have improved dramatically. They've been able to fight back against management on a whole bunch of things. Like, this is the beginning of the pandemic. They weren't going to provide PPE. And so suddenly they forced them to spend $100,000 in two months on PPE. And now they get fucking pallets of PPE sent in every goddamn week. And that's because they took over their fucking union. But yeah, you how can't, many times do
2: we have to say, like, direct action, right? Gets the goods. Right,
0: no, direct action gets the goods. But I mean, fundamentally, like, all we can do as people who aren't in that union is political education yes. because the workers have to do that. And again, even unionized workers are pretty under the fucking gun right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, my envision of that is, like, you get union members to join your party, too.
0: Right, of course. Yeah,
2: and then you can agitate and organize from within. You get that same party line, that analysis, and it's that consistency that's going to be, like, crucial going forward is that people have to all recognize sort of the same thing. I mean, that's one of the ways to do it. All right. So local elections, 2022 midterms. Like, what do you think? How, how do we go into approaching that? What are you just expecting maybe the next two years to look like? Do we get a vaccine anytime soon? Is it free? No. No? Yeah. To both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry well, I, I don't
1: know. Something Pfizer, <laughs> blah, 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 vaccine. Something, yeah, yeah.
2: Your, uh, Pfizer's, uh,
1: I think, gonna handle it. From what I yeah, think.
0: no, that shit is uh, has to be stored at like negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit, um, and like basically nobody can keep the cold storage that rigid for the supply chains. Yeah, and it's also not a vaccine, it's a treatment. So yeah. a few wealthy people are gonna have access to this, but like the majority in a very specific place where they produce it, yeah, but there's no short of dumping billions of dollars into the supply chain like it's it's not going to become widely available this specific one fudge there is stuff that like Pitt is working on that like is much more promising because it's like a skin contact thing it's like this little patch with some needles in it and it goes under your skin and like releases the drug and it doesn't have to be stored at Mm. that like insane temperature but that's still like not coming like now
2: Yeah, I mean, the earliest thing for the vaccine thing was like spring of 2021.
0: Yeah. Do I hope that there is? Of course I do. (laughs) I want that very, very badly for everybody so as the
2: you know maybe lockdowns return and all that kind of shit like how do we keep maybe like uh capitalist consolidation from slowing down do we boycott amazon like what are we what are we doing there
1: well you saw what happened last time with the pandemic people just spend spend spend. amazon went up because uh, yeah yeah so how do you reverse that
2: yeah famous lines like dildos buying dildos
0: well i mean the fact is though that like and and you know do you can people make personal choices? Yes, of course yeah. they can. Like, I'm a vegan, but do I have any illusions that everybody going vegan is going to fucking fix the plan? Of course not. That's ridiculous. And also, it's not practical. Yeah. So can people choose to boycott Amazon? Can people choose to, like, purchase less from Amazon? Of course they can, but it doesn't change anything yeah. in terms of the actual reality of what Amazon is. Jake Flores on, on Podium America said this once. You need to be a good citizen, not a good consumer.
2: Oh, yeah. Fully agree with that. But they've been... Uh... Positioning us in towards the latter is to just be good consumers.
0: Yeah, right. no, and it, there's been a lot of like talk around the coronavirus stuff recently that it is a little too close to everybody's responsible for getting coronavirus because they made poor decisions for my yeah, comfort. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said this on like Instagram the other day. I was like, "This is somebody's fault and it's yeah. not yours." <laughs> like, you just like should you be careful? Yes, of course. But like, there is. It's not like we have like. Fucking the continued unemployment shit. It's not like we got fucking stimulus checks. Like people have to go to work
1: yeah
2: and people have to socialize like if you still don't have your shit taken care of and you're just fucking stressed out all the time to deny people human contact like that seems just cool it's not anyone's fault except for the powers that be like the situation that we're in right
0: i see people making like really fucking dumb decisions and like i it makes me angry yes because they are not the people who are the most likely to like get coronavirus and die from it but
2: it's creating new class distinction
0: but at the end of the day like i can't blame them for like causing this because the government could have paid everybody to stay the fuck at home like three times like three times over (laughs) and like canceled rent and canceled mortgages and like like they froze student loan payments they could have forgiven all of that shit. like there is a million things that could have been done on a non-personal level that would have not fixed this but changed it My
2: hypothesis behind that is just this really cruel calculation with them where they, uh, it's like an emperor's new clothes thing. They can't do that because then they'll like reveal to the population that it's always been possible and like, why not, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. So, Chu has like set this new mandatory policy where we always try to end the episodes on a positive note uh, instead of some doom and gloom shit is that possible given what we've just talked about for the last
1: hour here's the thing i i I spent all day dreading doing this recording (laughs) because i'm just like look it's just gonna be like fucking doom and gloom and shit over but i don't know even just talking about mutual aid and feeling where you can fit in and stuff like that so uh once again we're if we if we end up going into a lockdown again or something like that showing examples of what people could be doing while yeah. we're still in lockdown to stay activated and stuff. That's what is like a silver lining to me is that yeah. just because we're inside doesn't mean that we have to stop doing stuff. And if you if everybody has all this fucking free time on their hands, you know, cuz yeah. if people aren't still working, yep. then like fucking do the do the most minimum you can.
2: I am encouraged by the general uptick in interest in, like, socialism or just general anti-capitalism. Uh, like, the more and more people I see, even with baby takes of, like, this is bad, the more encor- encouraged I get. Do I wonder if we have enough time? If it's enough, too little, too late? I don't care anymore. Uh, the more I see it, I want it.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it's very corny thing to say, but I think a lot about getting involved in politics as, or, or getting involved in socialism on, on like, a practical level and I try to say this anytime I do like new member trainings for DSA and stuff is like fundamentally our project is one that's very joyful, Mm -hmm. right? Like we fundamentally believe in the ability for human beings to have and experience, joy and connection and love in a way that is not fundamentally possible under capitalism. So like, we have to be happy warriors. Like we have to like (laughs) fight for something with joy. Like, am I bummed out all the fucking time about the state of the world? (laughs) Of course I am. It sucks out there. But like, Every time I come out of a meeting and like some new person is like, Hey, I'm really excited about this thing. I kind of want to do it. I'm fucking hyped. Like I'm yeah. just stoked. Do I get depressed? Of course I do. But like more than ever, like I feel very positively about like the capacity for people to like become a part of this, yeah. of this project. And like, so like, yeah, is the conversation around a doom and gloom, of course it is because the, like we are in a crisis. Yeah, and we deal with reality as Marxists. That's right, of goes. course, but like but like there is a lot of joy in yeah. the project and there's just even the small joys of like seeing people get to see their families yeah. for the first time after locking down for like 2 months and getting tests and everything like that's awesome. Like my brother just got home from the UK where he's lived for two years. I'm not going to get to see him until like February right before he moves again (laughs) to Canada or whatever. But like, I'm really looking forward to that. Like we're all going to lock it down. We're all going to get to see each other. Like there have to be slices of light through. Yeah. 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 And you have to just grab onto them where they come and like dwell on that. Mm -hmm. You have to dwell on the things that are positive and lovely. Yep. And let them be the, like, kind of buoy that floats you through. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and like you said earlier in the episode, the purpose that it gives you. Like, participating in this project and, like, it, it gives you a sense of purpose, which is always good for a human being, in my opinion. Of course. And, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's that Shay quote that's, like, always real famous, like, you know, believe me when I tell you that a great revolutionary is guided by feelings of love. Like, and, like, it's absolutely true, because you're essentially putting a lot of things on the line in terms of Shay, like, everything. To improve the lives of other people.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, again, coming from like a libertarian socialist perspective, like you have to have an immense amount of trust and yeah. faith in your fellow person to like believe that the thing that you aspire to is is possible. Like you can't believe that people are fundamentally bad right. and selfish and cruel. Yeah. If you are aspiring to, in my case, a society that is dictated solely by democracy, that is completely non hierarchical, like you have to believe that people will give up things in order to make other things better that they are willing to stop being one person and yeah. to be part of a whole yeah. and i think that's really special i think that's really beautiful it makes me really happy
2: <laughs> co-signed like yeah, yeah for sure you know, that for yeah sure. okay so this has
0: been like we did it i think we
2: ended on the positive <laughs> <Yeah>. note everybody's <laughs> normal i know so so
0: like, doing all yeah. time on Twitter. i'm like no no i am actually
2: no, really positive when, yeah when when <laughs> when to introduce this new policy like Immediately, immediately had the kid on board with it, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. MJ Doe, do you have anything to plug
0: um, before yeah. we go? <laughs> so so me, me and a couple buds are going to start doing a podcast soon. It's called This Town Sucks, A Love Letter to Cities. Yes. Um, and we're just going to talk to different people about like where they're from and yeah. have them tell stories. We're going to do one about the G20, which I was part of the protest movement during the G20. So we're going to talk about that. Tell a lot of stories about Pittsburgh and where things used to be. Oh, <laughs>
2: that's my favorite thing to talk about. In um, but
0: yeah, no, talk to people, talk to people from everywhere, and it's cool. like not explicitly a political podcast. We're just going to be talking to people about like the things that make where they're from special. Nice. All right,
2: that's cool. awesome. What's the name of this podcast?
0: Uh, this town sucks.
2: Oh right, that's right. You said that. also join join
0: on. join the Pittsburgh DSA.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: If you're not a Marxist-Leninist, <laughs> join the Pittsburgh DSA. If you are a Marxist-Leninist, you can join the Pittsburgh yeah, DSA. Jo- We're a
2: big tent. Join whatever. Yeah, big, well, uh, Brian's yeah.
1: Brian's message is join whatever. Just join whatever. Join it whatever.
2: Join whatever you feel is true in your heart. Just just whatever join whatever organization something. you uh, want,
0: but you should join the Pittsburgh DSA.
2: Yeah. And if you get there and you're like, hey, this fucking tent is a little bit too big and it makes no sense, join the PSL. <laughs> all
0: right. Snap.
2: <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, See you so bad When you're down and out and you lost everything you had It
0: makes you feel like crying When you're all alone and you feel like you want to die But you can turn it all around Pick yourself up when you're feeling the
2: way down, find yourself a friend and bring him into your life, find yourself a
0: friend and everything will be alright.